Hi, this is Candy McNeil, and you're listening to my radio show, Open Minds. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing Marie, a grad student who has had some issues with mental health in her life, both personally and um, you know, somewhat professionally in terms of internships that you've done and um, a little bit in your extended family. And so we're going to talk about some of those issues today. So welcome. Thank you for being willing to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. So we could start kind of generally and broadly with the idea of whether or not you think of yourself as someone who has a mental illness, what you think about that label and the idea of diagnostics generally. Okay. Well, to start, I think that identifying myself as somebody with a mental illness isn't what comes first to mind. First of all, I think of myself as Marie because that's who I am. And um, struggling with mental health is a part of who I am but it doesn't define me. And it's taken some time to get to that place. I think that initially the label helps. Um, it can help explain what's going on when really it's all very foreign and um, confusing at times. But then eventually the label just can overpower. So that's why I've done a lot of work to incorporate it into my identity, but not let it be dominant. I love that idea that um, you're not defined just by one aspect of yourself, right? This is um, maybe a part of you, maybe a part of your life indefinitely or your past. We'll talk about what you think about that, but um, but that it is just one aspect of you. It doesn't encompass all of you. How long have you struggled with mental health issues? Um, since grade four. So it's been a long time. It's been up and down, um, different struggles, different diagnostics or different labels. Um, but yeah, it's, it's come and gone throughout the years, but it's definitely always been present um, in one way or another. The purpose of this show is really to try to reduce the stigma that exists around um, mental illness um, and some of those um, wrong ideas that people have about people who struggle with mental health issues. Um, and I wonder if in the course of your lifetime, if you have personally ever experienced any stigma as a result of having struggles with your mental health. Um, yes. <laughs> the honest answer is yes. I think that people um, don't really understand mental health or um, mental illness or the various struggles that that encompasses. So, not fully grasping what you are experiencing or what I'm experiencing makes it really difficult. It seems like the first reaction is to go to that place of, well, no, you're making this up or you're choosing this or anything. I mean, there's so many misconceptions and so many stigmas. Those um, particular stigmas of, you know, you're choosing this or um, you could get over this, are those things that you experienced personally? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, from family members to ex-boyfriends to <laughs> all of that stuff where um, it's almost like we have this fix-it mentality where it's as much about them as it is about me. Um, they they can't do anything. They can't help. They can't fix it. So they go to a place of, well, just get over it because, you know, if it was me, I could get over it, not really speaking from a place of experience. Right. I find that so bizarre. I think if we ever said to somebody who has cancer, like, just get over it, right? We'd be seen as 
so insensitive and so ignorant, right? But it does seem okay to say that to people who are struggling with depression or anxiety or an eating disorder or OCD or whatever the thing might be, um, addictions, right? Like that whole gamut is just kind of you could choose to do it differently. You didn't choose this, um, but yet you have gotten lots better. How have you done that? Through counseling. I mean, it's been a huge, huge part of my life. I've been really lucky to have the family support that I do. Um, and they've really backed me up as I've gone head on into facing these challenges. I have seen older people struggle with the same things and really made it a mission of mine to not be dealing with this in 20 years. I want to deal with this now. I think some people, when they're on the receiving end of stigma and prejudice, you know, just feel really ashamed and want to hide even more. For whatever reason, it has actually done the opposite with you and inspired you and motivated you both for your own mental health, but also to help other people. What do you make of that, that, that it didn't just force you to be even more isolated and reclusive with it, but that in fact, you felt like, no, I want to get out there and do something about this. I think it has a lot to do with the, um, for lack of a better word, power almost, because why would I let you or society dictate my level of struggle or suffering? Like, I'm already in a place um, that I don't want to be. So why would I continue to let you dictate to me that I will continue to stay here? So it's really been about actively gaining my power back, because the only reason I lose it is if I somehow let it be taken away. I love that idea. And that is a, um, a positive use of stubbornness, I think, as a trait, right? To be able to say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to let you be the definer of me. So talk a little bit, if you can, about how your own experiences have impacted the choices you've made, like academically, or in terms of like, when you think about a career for yourself, what has the overlap been in that? The joke in my family is that I've gone through these experiences because whether I like it or not, I'm supposed to do something about them. Um, so that being said, it has really guided my path um, educationally. I studied psychology and then I'm pursuing a master's in mental health counseling. And then job-wise, I've taken internships um, with mental health nonprofits to be able to actively give back and actively help other people who may not have that same stubbornness <laughs> that I have. Um, and I just, I have personally seen the benefits of counseling and of therapy and of um, walking through the door as hard as it can be. And I would love to help other people achieve their potential in whatever capacity that looks like. I've heard people say not necessarily that they're grateful for the mental health struggles in their life, but that they do see the silver lining in terms of it increasing their empathy for other people or their ability to help other people. And it sounds like that's part of what you're saying because you have walked it um, and, and you know how hard it can be. Um, you want to help other people who, who might be challenged to do the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, I recognize how hard it is to take that first step. I've been the client. And I think that that adds a whole other element to the therapist client relationship. And life has been difficult for a number of reasons. But whether I choose to let stigma dictate my life, I choose not to let my experiences 
continue to have a negative impact on me. So they've made me who I am today. And am I okay with who I am today? Yes. So why would I take any of that back? Was there a time where that wasn't the case, where you weren't okay with yourself and you had sort of internalized some of those um, negative perceptions that people have about mm, those who struggle with mental health issues? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'd be lying if I said that I still don't sometimes. It it can get um, overwhelming and frustrating when it's a continual battle. It's not something that's going to change overnight. It's going to take time and When it impacts you, like, to the core, uh, whether it be with a romantic relationship, uh, I think that was probably the hardest. I trust that my family, no matter what preconceived notions they have, is still going to love me at the end of the day. Um, It's hard when the people that you don't feel as secure, as stable with, let the stigmas um, impact the relationship negatively. Actually, I think that a lot of people, one of the things they struggle with is the question of like, if I'm dating someone, like, when do I tell them that I've had mental health issues, right? Or when they're forming new friendships, like, you know, do I let people know that this has been difficult for that very reason? What if this is the thing that turns them off or that this is the thing that leads them to reject me? Um, So can you talk a little bit about your both positive and negative experiences with letting people in your life know that this was going on for you? I think that there's a context that plays a role, a huge role um, in whether or when it's appropriate. And I've never been somebody who shies away from taking the opportunity to share because I've come to a place now, this question would have been answered very differently a few years ago, um, where if you're not going to accept me for who I am, really, what does that say about you, not about me? And that has been very pivotal because I would rather know earlier on that you're that kind of person than later on. Um, but in terms of actual experiences, I've been with, I've dated people who've, who have pulled the classic, well, snap out of it. Like, why are you doing this? Or who refuse to try to understand. And that's the hardest part when you can sit down and say, well, I can explain it. Like X leads to Y leads to Z. That's the most negative reaction I've received. Or um, there's a lot that goes on about medication and you don't need it. But if I was diabetic, you wouldn't tell me not to take my insulin. So how does that all work? Positive experiences though. Um, my being open has allowed other people to be open. And I think that's the greatest thing in the world because if I can help you be empowered or be honest or just feel like you can speak freely in a place where you didn't feel like you could before, how amazing is that? Um, So those great conversations as well as it's increased – the sensitivity that I personally have towards other people who are struggling. Um, But I've had friends who just think that my sharing is the greatest thing because they can go, Oh my gosh, you too. Really? I do that. Or I've experienced that. Um, So it actually can solidify and strengthen relationships if you let it. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think that so many people are um, afraid of the worst case scenario and understandably because sometimes it happens like you're talking about in that relationship with someone who didn't want to understand and that was a deal breaker and um, but but that fear can hold you back from opportunities to really connect with people on a much, much deeper level. And I love that in your life, you have not let that negative experience teach you, so to speak, like, don't tell anybody, right? That's not the takeaway message that you took from that. How do you think that happened? With the help of other people? <laughs> no, um, I think that it really goes back to the whole, like, whether I choose to accept the stigma or not. I will continue to fight because I know that there's people out there who will accept me for who I am. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that every time I choose to share, I still feel vulnerable. I still feel that, um, oh my goodness, if I say this, they're going to think of me differently or they're going to leave or they're going to, but it's worth the risk because I know that there's people who are going to do exactly what I said before and say, wow, me too. Thank you so much. I love the fact that you're honest about how it still makes you feel vulnerable. This is not just in the past, because I do think that sometimes when people um, are in a place where they're more accepting of their own struggles, they do come cr across like very rah, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And and then when somebody else is, is telling their story and they feel vulnerable, they're like, oh, I must not be that far, or I must um, still really be struggling more than I thought. So I think it's great that you can say both are true. You are simultaneously more accepting of yourself um, than you have been in the past, and you still feel vul very vulnerable and like, uh, please accept me too when you're telling somebody new about it. Yeah. The expression I've heard about that is that it keeps you humble because it really does. I'm still, um, as far as I've come, that may never go away. And I'm, I'm kind of okay with that because I want to still connect to people who feel that way. Cause I think for the most part, we all do. I love that idea too, that you can say, well, well, both can be true. Like this may still be a part of my life and it doesn't stop me from pursuing relationships, going to school, being a counselor yourself, right? And being able to help people. You have done that, um, at least in one of your internships. And I wonder if you'd feel comfortable talking about what it was like for you to try to support other people who had mental health issues, even while your own weren't completely healed or, or gone. Did it help? Did it hurt? Did it do some of both in different ways? I think um, it did all of it. It was helpful in some respects to actively help other people and to give back and to use what I learned in my own counseling or in my own life experiences in those emails or letters. So that was really an interesting experience. It was very challenging at times knowing what that person was going through and really feeling it or, or reading things and going, wow, is this my life that this person's talking about? That was tough, but each and every one of those things that I read or received, I was so honored that somebody had taken the time to share their story because that's really what I hope to do with my life or whatever path I'm on is to encourage other everybody to talk and talk openly because you're not the only one and you can't get better unless you try to. I may not describe it exactly right, but the organization that um, you were interning with in the States was around helping people who were having suicidal um, thoughts and, and ideation. 
And that issue has certainly gotten more attention um, in the last couple of years as there have been more um, suicides, certainly in response to bullying and cyberbullying, that kind of thing. I would think that you would have heard some really painful and um, sad um, stories from people who were reaching out for support. Um, and I think that part you're saying about needing to not be in that space yourself at the same time is so crucial. If you've already been there and, and you're not there anymore, um, I think you could offer guidance and support. I think if you had been in that place, uh, simultaneously, that might have been put something that would put you over the edge or that you could relate to maybe too strongly. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that it can be pretty destructive. It was an interesting experience. So the internship that I worked at, they're a mental health nonprofit. They do deal with um, suicides, but they also work with addiction, depression, self-injury as well. So I kind of got to see a lot of things. So it wasn't just plagued by the hard, hard 911 um, messages. It was very interesting, though, myself knowing how fragile someone can be in those dark moments to really have to pick my words wisely, to know that I only really had potentially one chance to help this person, to make them just hang on for one more second, because it will get better. You just got to keep pushing through as hard as that is. I think that message is important for people to hear because in moments like that, in those darkest moments, I think it can be really hard to remember that it gets better and it doesn't always feel like this. And sometimes culturally, because of all the stigma around mental health, um, people get the wrong message, right? That like, this is going to be a lifelong thing, or it's going to hold you back from what you could accomplish. Or um, if people do find out about it, they won't want to stay with you. Like all the things that would make people feel hopeless about their life. And so so I love the idea that you were able to give a different message, a different voice that maybe someone could hold on to in that sea of negativity that surrounds mental health um, kinds of issues. Um, do you feel like either in that work or just generally in your experiences that there are um, other stigmas that you would like to or other myths that you would like to challenge or that, you know, particularly get under your skin when you hear about them? I think it, there's there's a lot out there. The The hardest thing for me is the notion that people choose it for whatever reason or that self-injury or suicide is a cry for attention because it becomes a negative. So if it is a cry for attention, why are we making that person feel worse about it? Why are we not giving, the atten giving them the positive attention or the help that they so clearly need? And I just think that there's so much um, vocabulary that we use that really bothers me. The whole uh, committing suicide, which goes back to committing a crime and instead of died by suicide. And that's a great example of something that I think most people wouldn't even think of, right? And that's partly how these stigmas and these myths keep being perpetuated is a lack of information and a lack of understanding. We have this superficial understanding of things, and then we think we know it, and really we don't at all. Um, and my guess is that you probably ran into that a lot. Um, I wonder if 
you know, when you have been in it yourself, either at times when you have been in a lower place or struggling more, or when you have maybe believed the stigma and been self-critical in your own head, um, what were some of the things that got you through, like practically speaking, that, that might be useful to somebody if they're in that spot right now when they're listening to you talk? As hard as it is, it's just about focusing on one more day, one, take it one day at a time, and trust that at the end of it, it will all be okay. Practically speaking, it's a lot easier to focus on the positives in life, as hard as that is. But to even write a tangible list that says, this is what's okay. This is what I know to be true. These are the people that love me. Um, the sun is out. The I'm alive. I can breathe. Anything like that, that is, um, if you can kind of let it empower you or, or turn it into your, um, the color when all you see is the gray, I think that it's just small things that can make such a huge difference with time. You know, when, when you talk, even when you're still struggling, like even when you're having all the problems that everybody has, there is just so much more like hope about you. And to me, it seems like self-acceptance, right? Like that, that's the other piece of it. Um, do you feel like that's been a big part for you, the, the, how you talk to yourself in your head? Yes, for sure. The self-acceptance piece has been huge, and it took a lot to get there, and it's a work in progress, and I'm okay with that. But yes, it's been huge. Do you feel like there are ways in which mental health issues will, will hold you back or limit what you're capable of? <laughs> I think that they will only limit me to the, to the level that I let them. I think that that's true for anybody. They only have as much power as, as you give them. And you might have harder days. I might have harder days than one other person on the street, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that we perpetuate that reality when we don't ask for help or when we don't speak honestly. Because you can ask for help now. It doesn't mean that you're going to need it in 20 years. You may not need it because you asked for it now. How do you think about that, Marie? Like when you think about the struggles you've had, that you've, they're back to grade four for you. Do you think they will be with you your whole life? And I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you imagine for yourself? I hope that this is something that continues to be as it is now, where I'm at a place where I'm I'm good, and I've been good for a long time, for two years, which is pretty crazy. I believe that I've established the foundation where if something does happen in the future, it's only going to knock me down a quarter of what it has and I'll be able to get up that much faster. So if something does happen, I'm not overly worried about it. And I know given my family history that, you know, there's, there's postpartum. So when I have a child, it could be my reality. But I, over the years, have just developed the coping skills that I need. I have the resources where I can turn to so that even if it's there, it's not there for long. Let's picture, you know, 10 years down the road and you are a practicing therapist and um, you're pregnant and, and afterwards you have postpartum depression. Do you think that as a professional, there would be any more or less judgment of you needing help yourself? That's actually one of the stigmas that I really, really detest with a passion. Counselors are people too. And I think for that reason, they deserve 
every bit of help that they can get, just like the client sitting across from them. And I think that that's such a huge stigma where counselors are supposed to be perfect and they're not. Nobody is. So if in that situation in the future myself, I mean, my client obviously comes first. So I would never put myself in a situation where I'm jeopardizing them. I would have no issue taking the time to say, hey, no, I need to do some self-care. I need to figure out where I'm at before I can help you. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I feel my heart breaks for anybody, but counselors too, who feel stuck in this glass house where they can't get help because they're the ones who give it. So that is a, a great analogy for it. And ideally, of course, your therapist would be in a better place than you are for sure. Um, and, and be healthier. But that idea that, um, it's us and them and, and, us as therapists are perfect and well and the picture of mental health and them as clients are sick and broken and damaged, um, I think is a myth. And um, so I love the idea that, that you can imagine yourself being able to access help no matter where you are um, in your career or on your path, however that turns out. I think that's part of what builds the relationship knowing that you come to the table as real and genuine as I do, which means all the broken pieces and all the ones that are glued together is what allows us to establish a therapeutic relationship and what you being real lets me be real, which lets the work happen. Well put. Maybe that's a good place for us to leave it because I think that is as ringing an endorsement for therapy as anyone is ever going to give. And that is the truth of it. If, if, uh, you're listening to this show and, um, you struggle with mental health issues of your own and you have been thinking about whether or not to go and seek help and, and you're afraid of that, I hope that hearing Marie speak and how um, beneficial it has been for her to, um, be more open about her struggles and, and seek help would maybe give you courage to do the same thing. For sure, um, therapists are people too, and they're not all great. And um, just like you might not mesh with a particular dentist or a particular family doctor, maybe you won't mesh with a, a therapist, go try somebody else, go try a support group. Um, there are so many ways to access resources now. And hopefully you would do that rather than um, sitting in isolation, feeling like you're the only one, believing negative things about yourself because you have a mental health issue, which just aren't true. My name again is Candy McNeil, and you've been listening to Open Minds. Uh, today, I've had um, the pleasure of interviewing uh, Marie, who has uh, talked about some of her experiences with mental health, really going throughout her lifespan. But I love what a hopeful story it is about how your struggles have actually inspired and motivated you and led you already to help people, let alone the ones that you will going forward. Any closing thoughts or uh, uh, things that you would like to share? Well, first of all, thank you again for asking me to do this. It's really an honor. Um, and also for people who are listening, there's no shame in asking for help and there's no shame in being honest and real. And your story is as important as the person sitting beside you. And all I can hope for is that this or anything that I do or that Candy does is one step closer to uh, enabling you to achieve anything that you want or to get the help or to reach your potential or anything because it's possible. Thank you so much for being willing to do this. If you have any questions or comments about what you've heard today, please feel free to send them to my email. That is openminds at cfru.ca. 
If you have suggestions for future shows, um, you could send those along as well. Please know, though, that I can't respond um, to uh, any calls or emails that are directly about your own mental health issues. For those, I would really recommend that you put aside your fear of stigma and go to your nearest emergency room or call your local crisis hotline, um, talk to your family doctor, reach out to a loved one, uh, someone, but, but reach out and get that help that you need. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week.